I wanted to help people feel good about watching the birds closest to home. I wanted there to be another way to enjoy birds than running all over the globe. If I'm doing laundry, if I'm washing makeup brushes, if I'm styling a wig, if there's anything that takes two hands to do it, I'm usually listening to an audiobook. No matter how much you've accomplished, the smallest compliments still feel really good. And being told you have a good voice for radio, not to be confused with a good face for radio, that feels pretty awesome. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet slow birder and teacher of animal behavior, Joan Strassman, beloved drag superstars, Trixie Mattel and Katya, and restaurateur Will Gadara. Press play to learn about the ways these author narrators were uniquely qualified to write their audiobooks. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joan Strassman, author of Slow Birding, the art and science of enjoying the birds in your own backyard. I've thought about writing this book for 20 years. I wanted to help people feel good about watching the birds closest to home. I wanted there to be another way to enjoy birds than running all over the globe. I wanted to share what I know about watching birds and to share the stories of the ornithologists who have given their lives to birds. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fulfilling. This book is a personal story of bird discovery and exploration, and I felt it would be most meaningful in my own voice. I'm amazed that I was able to record for five hours a day. I hope the listeners enjoy hearing this story as much as I enjoyed reliving it through reading aloud. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Margaret Morse Nice, the mother of careful bird observation. I don't know what her voice sounded like, but she managed to explore birds while raising a family at a time when women scientists were not much respected. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. It's a great novel, one that my husband and I know well, which makes it perfect for long car rides. On my own, I'm listening to Dime Quién Soy by Julia Navarro. I'm listening in Spanish and find the story a gripping and personal account of the Spanish Civil War. I like to listen to audiobooks when I'm walking, when I'm on a long car drive, even when I'm cooking or gardening. It may be frowned upon, but I even like to listen while doing yoga. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. A force in us drives us to the untamed. We dream of the wild, not the domestic, for it is wildness that is unknown. The force toward wilderness does not wait for a weekend or a vacation. It can be a daily need, a desire to connect with the wind, to live facing the unexpected. What will bring us wildness in the places we live, domesticated with warmth and culture? For some, icy branches scratching together will suffice. Hi, this is Katya, co-author of Working Girls. Hi, this is Trixie Mattel, co-author of Trixie and Katya's Guide to Professional Womanhood. This book is about being a woman and working in the real world. 
We learned a lot writing our first book, The Guide to Modern Womanhood, which was more about the home and relationships and beauty and food and more like, I guess, the way you spend your life when you're not working. And because she and I have had both our dream careers and every menial type of job, I guess I feel I have wisdom in both regards. I mean, I own businesses. I work in entertainment. I have a hospitality business. I have a motel. I have a makeup company. I have a bar. Just because I have a lot of plates in there doesn't mean I don't make a lot of mistakes and remember every single one of them. And I guess, honestly, I had interest in decompressing some of the horror stories of my working life, but also helping people who maybe listen to this, in addition to laughing, of course, puddle jump over some of the same mistakes I made. I'm a workaholic, and so I was inspired by the fact that I spend my days off thinking about work. Working is actually something I know more about than living, if we're being honest. I actually feel more qualified to write this book than I did the first one. I, in particular, was inspired by fictional characters who really worked it, like Sue Ellen Crandall in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead and Tess McGill in the movie Working Girl. And some of the obstacles that some of these fictional characters face could provide some pretty great real-world advice for real people and real women. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be phlegmy. Phlegmy as in P-H-L-E-G-M-Y. And if you could sort of rack up all the hawking and coughing and throat clearing, I think it would amount to as many minutes as the audiobook did. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, it would be horrible. It would be horrible. I think it's 80 degrees in here, which I think by UK standards is fully air-conditioned. Okay, I have my warm Diet Coke, and I'm just trying to get through. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word unimpressible because I did not think that that was a word. Apparently, I had written it. So there you go. Magic happens. I changed a lot of names of businesses and people's names for this book. And so it was difficult for me to read these sections and not accidentally say the real people's names. So that took about 99% of my brain power. I'm proud that I was able to really just sling arrows in this book. I mean, this book is heavy satire. So I can be really absurd when I talk about how horrible something is or how amazing something is. I mean... I like to work in extremes. You know, it's either the worst day of my life or the best day of my life pretty much any day. And the great thing about working in satire is it's all exaggeration. So the reader knows that even though Katya and I do have some wisdom, we're going to deliver it in the most caricatured way. Everything's a fish story, kind of, you know. I am proud that I was able to, along with the director, Olivia, to narrate a graph that illustrates the amount of fecal infestation in the modern workplace. Because people who are reading the book will see the graph, and I think it's really important for people listening to the audiobook that they're not deprived of this very important imagery. I'm excited that listeners will hear Katya's sections. I mean, I like writing the book. I'm sort of a book fan who happens to write. Katya's a really good writer, and her sections are like, honestly, where the book shines. When I read Katya's sections of the book, because I would get her finished sections on the same document, I would cry laugh. I mean, they are so, so, so funny. There's a reason why everyone thinks she's amazing. She is amazing. Oh, this is easy. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Kathleen Turner. No question. Oh, 
I would cast somebody like Florence Pugh, Margot Robbie, Dakota Fanning, Dove Cameron, Paris Jackson, you know, women in Hollywood that are sort of comparable to Trixie. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved, I am currently listening to Gerald's Game, the Stephen King book. It's read by Lindsay Krauss, and I also listened to Misery, read by Lindsay Krauss. She is so good. She actually was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if you're a watcher of that. She's so good. She turns the party on these books. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was The King James Bible, narrated by Charo. No, it's, it's a lie. I just lied. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is if I'm doing laundry, if I'm washing makeup brushes, if I'm styling a wig, if there's anything that takes two hands to do it, I'm usually listening to an audiobook. I even, when I ran the marathon, 26 miles, I even listened to Stephen King It (laughs) just to like feel something because I was in so much pain. So whenever I'm really busy, the audiobook takes me away. And now listen to a clip from our audiobook. Congratulations on taking the first step on your journey toward complete and total mastery of professional nirvana. If you've purchased this book, I can only assume that you are a plucky young blonde named Jessica, ready to claw your way up the corporate ladder, armed with a can-do spirit, firm tanned thighs, and a pair of big, heavy naturals. I could also assume you're a newly divorced mother of two, a busty dame in your late 40s named Gina, looking to launch your second act after finally having unburdened yourself of that deadbeat husband, Rick. Well done, Gina, and welcome home. Hi, this is Will Gadara, author of Unreasonable Hospitality, the remarkable power of giving people more than they expect. I wrote my book because Simon Sinek asked me to. <laughs> Simon Sinek has become a good friend over the years, and in 2019, I spoke at his massive conference. It was a gathering of people together talking about loyalty, and I delivered some remarks sharing some of my experiences from the restaurants, and afterwards, he and Adrian Zakheim approached me and said, you need to write a book. This is valuable stuff to share with people outside of restaurants. It wasn't the right time for me then, and I said, thank you, but no thank you. But after COVID started, I found myself with space and kind of a desire to put all of these ideas in my head onto paper. And I'm grateful that I did, because I do genuinely believe in the power of hospitality and the power of approaching hospitality with the same rigor, the same relentlessness, the same unreasonableness that so many of the people that have accomplished great things have approached their crafts with, whether it's the design of a product, or whether it's kind of becoming great at a sport or a discipline. I believe hospitality is a craft. I believe it's a muscle we can collectively strengthen. And that if people in all disciplines from all walks of life put it at the center of every decision, not only will their businesses or lives be better, I just think the world will be a better place. And so having this platform to speak passionately about the thing that I'm most passionate about has been a pleasure. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be, there's not one word, because it's two parts. It's grueling. Okay, it is a lot to sit in a room and hear yourself talk for this long. But when you write a book, 
Someone that I have a lot of respect for told me early in the process that you never finish a book. One day you just decide to stop working on it. And the day that you do decide to stop working on it, it's been such an overwhelming part of your life for so long that you kind of put it down and don't look at it again, I guess until this moment when you record the audiobook. And in the epilogue, I say that there has been catharsis in writing this book because it's helped me remember that these stories are still mine to tell and it's been beautiful to relearn these lessons and relive these stories all over again. And sitting here and reading this out loud has been actually a remarkably emotional process that has made me proud, not just of the work that I did in writing this book, but of the journey that gave me something to write about. A phrase that I wasn't sure how to pronounce, you know what, and now you're putting me on the spot because I don't actually know how to pronounce it now. I got it out when I recorded that sentence, but it's the Turkish triangular coffee pot. It's like, cheze, cheze, cheze. Yeah, I still don't know. I know how to spell it, but don't ask me to spell it right now. What about the narration am I proudest of? I mean, I did it. And the guys that I'm working with here, both of whom are awesome, by the way, told me I have a nice voice. That felt really good. (laughs) No matter how much you've accomplished, the smallest compliments still feel really good. And at 42 years old, being told you have a good voice for radio, not to be confused with a good face for radio, that feels pretty awesome. My dream narrator, if I wasn't going to record the audiobook, I would cast, oh man, and that's an impossible question. The last audiobook I listened to was Barack Obama's book. And man, that guy's voice is like butter that's just been sitting out on a countertop for a few hours. You know, I'd tap in Barack. I'd call Barack up. I'd put him in the game. I was hoping that I would be able to record this one because I do think there's something pretty cool about hearing someone read their own story. Hospitality is about really connecting with people. And I think that you can do that to a certain extent on the page. But I spend much more of my life talking than I do writing. And intonation, tone, cadence, those are all such important parts about someone like really, really understanding everything about what you're trying to communicate. And so I'm grateful I was able to do this. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car. I live between the Hudson Valley and New York City. I spend a lot of time in the car and My happy place is when I get through my work calls and can settle into a great audiobook. And now I invite you to listen to a clip from my audiobook. At home, we were on top of the world. Our restaurant, 11 Madison Park, had recently received four stars from the New York Times and a couple of James Beard Awards, too. But when my chef partner Daniel Hume and I arrived at the cocktail reception the night before the awards for the 2010 World's 50 Best Restaurants, we understood. This was a whole different ball game. Imagine every famous chef and restaurateur you've ever heard of milling around, drinking champagne, and catching up with friends. And not one of them was talking to us. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.